Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome once again to the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. And my name's Larry Shackman. I'm the real estate therapist. So we're in for a little bit of uh, real estate therapy this morning. And uh, just to remind everybody, we are live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, all you have to do to uh, see the entire podcast right now you folks watching on tiktok you're just seeing me but if you want to see the whole podcast just go to on youtube at at larry shackman if you want to see the podcast on facebook go to at launch my listing and of course on linkedin just search my name, Larry Shackman, and this will come up. Just click on that link and uh, you will see us live. So we have a, a ton to talk about today. So a couple days ago, I was at a, uh, I was at a listing appointment in uh, Princeton, Illinois, of all places, which is about an hour and a half away at a 151 acre 151 acre. Let me go live here on Facebook, on TikTok. There we go. All right. Hey, TikTok, what's up? Okay. So I was at this listing appointment at 151 acre Appaloosa horse farm. And all the horses that are for sale, I'm going to show you some a really cool video and just a great picture of this little Appaloosa pony that's for sale, by the way, probably for about eight to ten thousand dollars, five to eight thousand, somewhere in that range. But uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. There's a lot going on in real estate. We're going to be talking about a this class action lawsuit again. We're going to talk about rates and where that's all at. We're going to bring Dylan Kramer on. Uh, Dylan's going to talk about mortgage demand now and, you know, just what exactly is going on with rates, what we can expect or not expect. Like we always say, if we could predict the future, uh, we'd be a retired bond trader, right? That's I'm stealing that from Dylan. He'll be on in a minute. Um, we also have an amazing special guest on today, Patrick Loftus. Patrick is a longtime Chicago Metro uh, real estate attorney, and he's going to have a lot of great advice for us. He has a lot of great stories. So uh, we're also going to be talking about, you know, there's a silver tsunami coming. And the silver tsunami, what I mean by that is all the baby boomers in the next 18 to 24 months, we are predicting a tsunami of baby boomers selling their home, paring down their living situation, selling those three, four, five, and $6,000 square foot homes because now they're empty nesters and they don't need all that space. These are going to be coming on the market in the next 18 to 24 months. So if you're a real estate agent, that is a great niche to start looking at to uh, really get out there and engage with. So without any further ado, once again, welcome to the Real Estate Radio Show podcast and welcome to Dylan Kramer. Larry, what's going on, baby? How are you, man? Dylan, what's up, man? How are you? You know what? I'm fantastic today. I got nothing to complain about, although I've, I've been fighting technology just to get logged in here today. So I'm excited. I, you know, that worked that that worked out. Although I always have old man technology issues. This is my <laughs> this is my curse in life. So it I is know, what I, it is. I was just about to send you the link again, but yeah. I'm glad you made it. Yeah. Well, I, lo I I logged in. I must have used an old link. It took me to a show. It's like this this podcast ended three days ago. I'm like, <laughs> That's not it. So, yeah. but not, nonetheless, it's uh, like you. I heard you doing the warm up. I've had a. Uh, an interesting week in real estate and um let let me not bury the lead the thing i think we should stay uh put at the front of our conversation right let's put the bottom line up front uh remember over the course of the last i don't know 12 15 20 weeks we've basically said hey what do you think is going to happen when rates go down people are going to start absolutely streaming out of their apartments and rentals and look to start buying places. Right. Right. So we've had a nice run of rates 
from eight to closer to seven over the course of the last 10 days or two weeks, right? Where are we at right now? About seven, seven and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. That, well, that, that, let, let's not get too focused on, on, on that because I want to stay focused on, like, that's a nice run. And it's important to acknowledge that rates are lower. The news came out this week that in the last two weeks, mortgage applications were up 50%. Yes, yeah, so I was going to get to that. Which means people have turned around and streamed into the market. Yeah. When we're at seven and a quarter. Exactly. Seven and a quarter that two months ago was too damn high. Like we got to yeah. sit on the sidelines. We got to wait. And then they went to eight and they're like, oh, so imagine what happens as we've talked about when we start to see numbers with sixes or fives on them, if that's what oh, yeah. happens. And uh, like I, we got involved in a competitive bidding situation, 13 offers on a house in November in Chicago because rates are seven and a quarter. What do you think happens yeah. at five and three quarters? Oh, forget about it. We're going to go crazy. Hey, before we go any further, I want to bring the one, the only, the man of the hour on. Uh, and of course, that would be Patrick Loftus of Loftus Law. Patrick, what's up? Good morning. morning. Morning, Patrick. How are you? Uh, good morning. Yeah, I usually would still be in bed on a Saturday, but, uh, you know, Larry invited hey, me. Hey, for this kind early. of money, you're going to show up here, right? <laughs> if When Larry asks, I say yes. So that's awesome. Patrick is our good friend and an amazing real estate uh, attorney in Chicago Metro. How long have you been doing this, Patrick? Well, I graduated. Not this podcast, but you're as an attorney. <laughs> yeah, podcasting is a newer thing. Um, it's going on to about 20 years. Actually, I was I was licensed. I, I was, uh, yeah, November of 2003. So, yeah. So combined with my experience in real estate and Dylan's experience in uh, the mortgage industry, we have about 650 years of experience that you're looking at here right now, folks. So you look when do I get started that there. <laughs> there you go. Um, so like I was saying earlier, we have a lot to talk about. Dylan was just bringing up how, you know, rates went from a little over eight to about seven and seven and a quarter, somewhere around there. And uh, a lot of people are starting to come out of the woodwork. And here's the thing. So we are we we are at our highest mortgage demand in five weeks. Am I right, Dylan? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's all as a result of. The rates. Yeah, look, the, the market, the market moderated. I think the, I think that the interesting thing is, and, and part of this is human nature, right? We've talked about this over the course of the last few months. People now think that we have a deal because we have seven and a quarter and not eight. Yeah. When we had seven and a quarter and not six and a half, everybody was like, "Oh, I can't buy. I can't get involved." Now the same seven and a quarter um, is fantastic. And so, yeah. it, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing we've been talking about is. When you're working with professionals, if you understand what your needs are from a real estate standpoint, mm -hmm. really need to go against kind of your first instinct and listen to your professionals. Because as you've said, you can't renegotiate your price. And if prices start to go up because rates continue to fall from here, I mean, I don't think this little spike in demand is enough to move prices. Um, but like I said, we, we had a 13 offer situation this week in November. Yeah. And prices are not going down one way or the other. When rates come down, more buyers flood the market, more listings on the market, maybe. Yes, of course. But all that buyer demand, that pent up buyer demand is going to drive prices up again. So, you know, would you rather buy a house at seven and a quarter uh, when you're the only offer on the house and you have a little more negotiating room? Or would you rather buy a house at six and three quarters? with 15 offers on the table and that price gets driven up, uh, you know, 40, $50,000 over list price. Well, so here, here's where I want to be buying that house. I want to be buying that house 25 K less than top of the market. And I, I don't want to be as concerned about the rate, uh, so much, you know, cause Larry, I think what, what you're, um, referencing is that okay you know we're we're all sort of conditioned at this point to purchase things big ticket items based on what the 
monthly prices or the monthly price, right? right. So you go, well, I can afford that. Um, but that's all fine and dandy. The monthly price can change. You know, as soon as you refinance, that that whole thing is going to change. What's what you can't affect after you plunk down your money is what you're going to walk away with after you sell. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, you know, all of those are good points and things that buyers need to keep in mind. Hey, I want to remind our TikTok viewers, if you guys want to see this live where you, you see, you know, Patrick and his amazing haircut, you see Dylan, I think he has a Cubs hat on or something. And of course I'm in my pajamas. Um, you, uh, go to YouTube at Larry Shackman, go to Facebook at launch my listing, or you can go to LinkedIn and just search Larry Shackman and we'll be on there. You'll see the full breadth of the podcast as well. So um, guys, check this out. So two days ago, I went on a listing appointment in Princeton, Illinois. Yes, Princeton, Illinois, where that famous college is. No. <laughs> um, so I, it's a, on a the listing appointment was for a 151 acre Appaloosa horse farm. And, uh, I mean, it was just an amazing property has a, you know, fresh spring running through it. You could, you could flood about six acres of it and have your own stocked, uh, lake on it, but just really an amazing property. So I just want to show you something real quickly because I thought it was interesting. So, uh, here, is a little video of the horse farm and some of these Appaloosa horses on it. And by the way, all these horses are, are for, for sale. sale. Yeah. So check this out. If you want to I'm in the market for a horse. <laughs> well, I know Patrick, you know, he just bought this ticket for like $240 to St. Croix. So he'll maybe <laughs> could take the Appaloosa with him. We'll get into yeah. that in a minute. I'm a I'm going to park you in my condo spot. I, I think there's just enough room for a horse. Yeah. Check this out. So hang on a second. So this property is 151 acres, right? That's mom right there, right? And uh, so, and that's dad. So when you blend those two together, that's what you get, right? You get a bunch of spotted horses and, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these horses go for 10, $20,000. Um, the, uh, here's a, here's a quick image of one of their offspring. And this is just oh, a little, cute. yeah. Is that unbelievable? <laughs> little, little Appaloosa pony. Now, Listen, if anybody out there on TikTok or anywhere else would like to buy this, no matter where you're watching from, you can buy that little Appaloosa pony for probably between five and eight thousand dollars. So what are you waiting for? Who needs a house? Are you, are you, you get the commission on the horses too, buddy? No, but I, we're going to talk about it. Um, actually, I think the owners are going to continue to run this, uh, are going to continue to run this horse breeding farm uh because they still live on part of the property so the 151 acres isn't the whole property but it's part of it but i just thought that would be interesting uh that baby appaloosa you know i saw that i like wanted to take it home with me and of course like all horse farms there were 400 cats everywhere you went there you were cats to. oh right they were everywhere man yeah, my, my family has horses. Um, my stepmom's a real horse person. They they live on 37 acres. Um, Hang on, in what's, North her Carolina. what's her <laughs> Well, number? it's in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you'll have to get licensed there. But, um, you know, uh, you, you need all those horses just to keep all the grass mowed. Um, <laughs> but I, nice. I remember when, when they, you know, they, they lived in McHenry um, and they had 10 acres of horses on it. And it's those are interesting um, pieces of real estate when you talk about, you know, transactions buying and selling um not necessarily yeah. from from the legal perspective but for, for for a regular person you know having a pole barn on your land isn't going to necessarily move the needle um but for someone who absolutely loves horses and when you meet a horse person 
you know, you, you, you know, that they've, that they've got that sort of, you know, in them, yeah. um, you know, that, the fact of a, a pole barn in an arena, you know, that moves the needle for them. So you're talking about a very specific subset of people. Oh, um, yeah. but you know, yeah, they, you know, the, you, they get that sort of like glazed over look when they start talking about horses and you're like, okay, I'm going to just go over here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like car people, except horses, uh, um, car people. Yeah, I mean these <laughs> these were really amazing animals. They really were, and uh, it was a it was kind of a real cathartic day for me. You know, it was a listing appointment. It's all business and everything, right? But it was really cathartic being out there and just driving around this whole property. It was it was pretty cool. So okay, we're done. We're done with the fun stuff. All hell is breaking loose in the real estate business. Oh, so. No. First of all, we touched a little bit on, yeah, we're at the highest point of mortgage demand in five weeks. Rates are at about seven and a quarter percent. People are starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit. Um, anybody have any comments on that further? You know, not really. I like I gave you my comments on that in, in, in the front end. I think that it's highlighting the lesson that we've been talking about is going to be taught to people, which is, you can get the right price why fight with a dozen other home buyers like I, we've been yeah pounding that message and yeah. i don't think enough people are getting it but that's yeah that's they will it. shortly right when they come back in the market they're, they're gonna get the short market. side of it is what they're gonna get i'm starting to look pretty good with that prediction i made for lower rates in the take spring. it easy buddy all right. <laughs> all right i'm just saying i just you know it's early remember i told you it's like a guy with a yo-yo on an escalator the yeah. yo-yo can go up and down but the um escalator is still moving in the same general direction yeah yeah i hear you you know it's like uh i said in the beginning of this show i quoted dylan and i said you know if we could all any of us could predict the future here like dylan always says we'd be retired uh we'd be a retired bond tradesman living in saint croix and uh, the reason I keep bringing up St. Croix is because Patrick has this website, this uh, YouTube channel. What's it's, it called? It's a TikTok page. TikTok. I'm sorry. What's it called? Uh, it's called Let Me Help You Fly. And I just, I find cheap flights and I, I don't. Yeah, and that's not, a, that's not a, that's uh, not a, you know, analogy or anything for anything. It's just no, let no, me help you fly. Literally, he is going to show you the best prices. Dylan, so I'm watching one of his uh one of his shorts right. and it's about a round now correct me if i'm wrong i but it's a, a round trip ticket to saint croix for 249 dollars. am i right yeah it was right around there um Jeez, that's I fantastic. Mean, <laughs> exactly you know that that's the thing um you know i i think so you, you know larry you're gonna get me on this and then we're never gonna leave this topic but um we will go ahead yeah, <laughs> you'll move me along when you're ready. Um, you know, I, I, I think that um, there's just a general misconception out there that uh, plane tickets have to be expensive, um, you know, and, and, and then part of it is, is the fact that uh, most people are searching on websites that advertise. And guess what? If you're searching on a website that advertises, you're paying for their, um, their marketing budget oh, in yeah. addition to the, the plane ticket. You know, these online tra travel agencies got to make their money somehow. Um, you know, I always tell people search on Google flights. It's not an online travel agency. It's a search engine. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it, it number one, the, the best part about Google flights is, is the calendar function, which is you put in your departure, your destination, and then you, you, you let the dates alone. And then it shows you on a calendar what, what day is the cheapest uh, to fly, to, to leave and come back? Mm -hmm. um, you know, mistakes that people make, uh, you know, they're convinced that the only good time to travel is the holidays, spring mm -hmm. break uh, in the summertime. And mm -hmm. for some people, yeah, I mean, if you're a student, it's going to be hard to travel in March. Yeah. Well, yeah. in March is, I'm not talking spring break, you know, February, March, awesome times to try to, especially international flights. Um, yeah, you're going to have to bring a coat because you're not going to be sitting on, on the beach, uh, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, in Barcelona, but you're going to go see all the other stuff and you're not going to be inundated with tourists. You're going to actually go, you're going to be able to go to Rome 
and not get trampled by just you know all of the the tourists there in july yeah. um you know don't try don't try to people go oh can i get it can you help me find a cheap flight to um you know visit my family in florida uh over christmas i cannot <laughs> those don't yeah. exist um yeah. you know if you want a cheap flight um you know uh, off time buy a plane right? <laughs> yeah it's you know it's let me let me see if I can bring this back to mortgage rates. All right, so you know there, there's really uh, you know I'm not going to quote Warren Buffett, but you know if everyone else is zigging, you want to be zagging. Okay, yeah. Yep. So you know as humans, we are conditioned to follow the crowd because usually where the crowd's going is someplace safe. But yeah. that instinct leads us to bad outcomes in a lot of cases because. If 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 uh, humans are going someplace, it creates demand, and if there's not supply to meet that demand, what's going to happen? The price of that thing is going to go up. So, when why why is it that cash buyers and investors are out there, um, uh, uh, are out there making up uh, going under contract on properties when interest rates are up? They're not interest rate sensitive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, they don't, you know, they're not sitting there reading all of the, uh, the horrible things on the news going, oh my God, interest rates are so high. You know, Dylan, you talked about, you know, on the way up seven and a quarter was like, oh my God, we, we just cracked seven. Exactly. Oh, no, oh, right. No. And then, you know, we, we touch eight and then we're back to seven and a quarter. People are like, well, I better get to seven and a quarter now because, oh my gosh, what happens if we go back on the, well, well, not only know, that, but the mindset that now the getting is good. It's the same to your point from earlier. It's the same monthly cost at seven and a quarter, whether it was six and three quarters last week or eight last week. Seven and a quarter is the same. Mm -hmm. So if you can make it work at seven and a quarter, you lock in at seven and a quarter. It's the worst it's ever going to get, right? Yeah, For correct. the next 30 years. And after 30 yeah. years, you don't have any payment, um, you know, assuming certain things. Um, so, you know, for plane tickets, if, if whatever the low season is, so to speak, that's when you're going to usually get the best deals. Um, right. And, you know, there's exceptions to that. And, you know, you get a mistake fair yesterday. If you were if, if you were quick and, and you logged in at the right time, you could have got a plane ticket from Chicago to Warsaw for $199. Now, that was a mistake fair. It didn't last long. But these these kinds of things. Is that round trip? Yeah. That yeah, is crazy. I, I, I never quote one way prices because that would be a bamboozle. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to BS people. You know, that's be, being a person. When you BS people, you get found out and then you got to find new people to BS. I don't know that many people. So all I right. Be so, with them. <laughs> so listen, um, I don't want to stay too long on this, but that, I find that all to be absolutely fascinating. The next time I go anywhere, you're the first person I'm calling because I'm not I'm not kidding either, because some of these prices you come up with are amazing i mean you guys have what's what's the name of that tiktok channel again let me help you fly yeah let me help you fly if you guys are thinking about going somewhere for a week two weeks a month four years get on let me help you fly on TikTok. or a weekend or a weekend and if you want and if you want to see me wearing these uh i do have a nice <laughs> sponsored content coming up <laughs> nice like it um, so I want to talk a little bit about this thing I've been reading about in terms of this tsunami wave coming on the market, right? And what I mean by the uh, uh, this uh, silver tsunami wave coming on the market, much like my hair and Patrick's hair. Um, I have an excuse. I'm 65. I don't know what his problem is. It's probably stress. <laughs> Um, it's the Irish heritage, man. I started, go <laughs> I started going gray when I was 17. What can I say? <laughs> That's okay. It looks great, <laughs> man. Um, so uh, this silver tsunami of houses coming on the market over the next two years. So baby boomers right now are sitting in the catbird seat. And that is because they have about $18 trillion in equity built up in their homes and they are going to be kind of paring down their living situation. So they're going to be selling these three, four, five, and 6,000 square feet, feet homes in order to get into like a 151 acre horse farm in Princeton. <laughs> they're going to do things like that. But uh, in all seriousness, they are going to be selling 
their larger homes to get into these smaller homes. So like I was saying earlier, if you're a real estate agent, this would be a great niche to start really looking seriously at because a lot of these homes are going to be coming on the market. I can tell you that as soon as my daughter moves out, this house will be one of them <laughs> because, you know, I, I don't need all the space. So, you know, you know, I, I read that. I feel like Larry, that article comes up every couple of years. Like, Hey, people are turning 65 and downsize and And I, by the way, I love how you say they, um, <laughs> oh, Dylan, it's nice. Are, Thanks a lot. Oh, Thanks for joining God. us, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but regardless, I think that there's a, um, I think that there's a, a real, question in this kind of wave over the next few years that and, and it's tied back to our current mortgage situation in the general market to this subset and the question is you know what if to downsize right you're going to take your two thousand dollar a month payment and you're going to sell your house and then you have to buy for two hundred thousand dollars cheaper and get less space and your mortgage payment's only a hundred dollars less are you going to move? Right. Because you're going to borrow this much, you know, you're going to borrow, now you have this much money at two and a half percent and you have this much money at seven and it's about the same. That's the question I think is going to be interesting as that cycle plays out. Have you seen anything that's addressing that kind of math? Because I think part of it is I'd be concerned about where the math is going to be for folks when they go to make that decision. Well, I'm I'm putting a house on the market in Buffalo Grove in Adley East Stevenson district, which is an, a very sought after area. I think Adley East Stevenson is like the number five high school in the entire country. That's so people cool. right, people flock to that area. Cool. Um, and this is a couple that is, you know, selling their big 4,500 square foot home with the pool in the backyard. They raised three or four kids there and they're moving to, uh, you know, a smaller, more manageable place and they have full equity in their home. So, you know, there's no, uh, there's no mortgage on it. So I think that's what we're talking about more than anything is these, you know, yeah, yeah, Larry, I, I think there's a couple, there's a couple moving parts here and, and Dylan, what you said is, is, I think going to be a, a, a friction point for people that can't uh, take the equity in that home that they have and, and turn it around and buy cash, for example. Right. Um, you know, if you can do that, if you are selling your larger home uh, to move to a low co lower cost of living uh, part of the country, I, I think then it'll make more sense. If you're, if you're downsizing to a place that has much lower property taxes, I, I think that that can move the needle sure. as far as what you're, PITI is going to be not just your PNI. Um, some people are, are going to age out of being able to take care of a 4,500 square foot home. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it. I struggle to take care of an 1,100 square foot home. I don't know what I would do if like yeah. those rooms you don't go in that you don't, you, you never think about, you still have to clean those rooms, you know, yeah. and you know, maybe if you can afford a house like that, you can afford a person to come clean that place. But, you know, also as, as you, as you're getting older, you know, your income, is going to become, you know, more uh, in a fixed position. So you're you're right. going to have to really uh, take care, close consideration of what you, of what you're spending your money on. I mean, there there's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think you know, my partner uh, Michael Afito always likes to say, life drives real estate. Right. I mean, it's not interest rates. It's not the price of the home life drives real estate. When you get to a point where you don't need that 6,000 square foot home anymore, that's, that's part of that whole thing. Life drives real estate. When you get to, uh, you know, a point where like, where I, I, I really don't want a large house. I mean, mine isn't a large house, but it it's large enough where I don't need all this space. I spend most of my time either in my office, in the kitchen or sleeping. You know, you know, it's like, oh, we get it. Hey, you know, it's it's interesting. One of the things that uh, we've got in the industry trades and the mortgage business is there. There's a lot of conversation around these folks and the idea that the gap in that 
financing element of it, right? Because you're right, life drives real estate. So if you want to make that move and you're $50,000 or $100,000 short and you're swapping a $600,000 house for a $300,000 condo or whatever it is, that that's going to be a place where we see a lot of increased demand over the next 10 years for the reverse mortgage product. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to drill down on it at this point in time, but I think that that's going to be a piece of filling the gap for that wave of buyers, at least some yeah. of them. I yeah. think that's a really good point. Um, you know, here's, here's, here's what is incumbent upon the three of us and people like us is to let people know that they have options. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm constantly reminded about the fact that, you know, what knowledge that I take for granted about uh, mortgage loans, about, you know, real estate law, real estate in general. Um, you know, Dylan, you're probably, you know, aware of this and, and I'm just coming around to the idea that the, the prevailing idea, the conventional wisdom out there is that you need 20% down payment to buy a home, you know, uh, end of story. And most of my clients are not borrowing 20 or pardon me, are not bringing in 20%. They're bringing in three, three and a half, five, 10, maybe. Um, but you know, something, you know, that to me, you know, shoot, it's been obvious for a very long time and you know, forever. It's not obvious to most people, you know, to, yeah. even just to, to get out there and, you know, what is a reverse mortgage? I, I, I'd venture to say if you went out in front of Jimmy Kimmel's studio uh, with Guillermo and were you know, interviewing people about what do you think a reverse mortgage uh, is, they'd probably think it was something you'd do on a diving board. Yeah. Well, th there's that. And, if you, and, and, you know, the funny thing is we, we talk a little bit about the reverse mortgage. And like I said, I don't want to get too far down it. Um, but even, you know, again, for people who are in the space, they're looking at their solution issues. Um, you know, we run into people that are our age that have senior parents, right? Um, or Larry at 65. Um, Dylan, it was nice having you today. Right. Uh, <laughs> but one more reference like that, and you're not far from me, you know, that, you. right? Um, <laughs> so you're 60, uh, you know, you got to be 62 to qualify, but you know, the misunderstandings that folks have that, like, hey, the, the the government owns your house or the bank owns your house or, you know, that your estate is going to be on the hook for all this money or, you know, they're going to kick you out of your house. There's all sorts of misunderstandings um, about the product, even for people who are reasonably considered to be targets to deploy the product effectively. So it, you're 100 percent right. And it's just a question of back to your original point of, look, the the, the day to day details that we're aware of that can help people um they they need to know what they don't know and sometimes that's really the problem at hand yeah it's true it's true we you know we I, and, and i'm not you know i'm not i'm not trying to throw us under the bus or really anyone else i mean th this is a problem for anyone that becomes ex expert level really at, at any topic is that there's an um, there's a certain amount that you that you take for granted that that people you know they, they must know this these are basics and yeah. you, you know what else you can do with a reverse mortgage you can make it look like you have less assets than you actually do mm -hmm. just saying yeah. yep just saying <laughs> so uh kind of segueing from that um it's november 18th am i correct yes i okay. believe so so November, as of today, Fannie Mae, and Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you could now buy, is it a multifamily with 5% down or what? Before you explain that. So conventional loans today, as of today, they're going to, and I don't know if they've run it yet only because I haven't sent my email, but they, um, they were running. So it's either overnight tonight or it's already available, um, but it's here basically in effect. They've changed the guidelines. It used to be that you, on a conventional loan, you had to put 15% down on a two unit and you have to put 25% down on a three or four unit building, mm -hmm. even as an owner occupant. And that mm -hmm. is now changed to 5%. So the interesting thing that we're going to see now are what are, and you've heard me use this term before, the overlays or what's in the, you know, what's the devil in the details, right? Mm -hmm. So they haven't really released the guidelines, it's been the oddest product released by Fannie Mae in a long time in terms of how much cash do you have to have in reserve after closing? 
What sort of landlord experience, if any, do you need? Will you have to take a homeowner first time landlord certification course? Um, you know, FHA has a, 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 on three and four units a rule that I wouldn't be surprised got rolled into these rules where you have to double approve the loan. And what I mean by that is you have to both qualify for the PITI payment mm-hmm. and the property after appraisal has to turn around and be what's called self-sufficient. So if your payment's $3,000 a month and a three unit building, you better have three market level rents, even if you're gonna live in one of $1,000 a month. Because if the rents are 2,800 and your payment's 3,000, that's a hard stop on that approval. And we came into a loan in a save situation for another another homeowner. Um, On exactly that point, they were trying to get shoved into an FHA loan and didn't meet the self-sufficiency test and it's just a hard stop. So the question will be, is there a self-sufficiency test as well? So more details to follow as we get the product rollout. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, availability is at hand. Yeah. You know, at, I, I was like the largest or not physically, but the largest or one of the largest uh, uh, REO brokers in Illinois from about 2009 to 2017. And I can tell you that Fannie Mae is never confusing to work with. They're always, they're all, they're always so focused and they're always, I mean, I always understood exactly why they overpriced homes by $80,000 rather than just, yeah, I can go, I can go into a lot of this, but yeah, I think, uh, like you said, the devil's in the details and if it works out where this is actually, you know, something that is a good thing, you're going to see a lot of investors and a lot of, um, homeowners, or excuse me, home buyers, uh, house hacking. I, I think it's going to open. Look, one of the things I think it, you're right, it's going to open this to a lot more candidate buyers. And I think that the good news for folks and, and we've kind of been talking about it, is, look, that's going to make it's hard to save 25 percent of a four unit building in Chicago. Right. Like every four flat in the city in uh, anywhere, let's say, east of geez, Kedzie is a million dollar property, right? No matter where yeah. you are in the city, north to south. And so to, to turn around and save 25% of a million dollars to go buy a four unit, that, that's a tall order to be able to do yeah. that at a lower down payment. And look, it might not be 5% for some people. It might be 10% because it might have self-sufficiency or anything else. It, it's going to open a lot, no pun intended, it's going to open a lot of doors, like four of them at one time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, investors are starving for more doors in their inventory. They really are because there's not a lot out there right now. And what is out there, it's so competitive that there's not a lot of meat on the bone. So whether you're flipping or whether you're buying to hold it and rent, um, you know, they're looking for these properties. So you never know. Uh, yeah. So- and, and with investors, you know, when it gets, when it gets to me, um, you know, it, it's rarely like one of these clean properties where it's like, okay, cool. We're just going to, we're going to do an inspection. You know, there's a couple of things here and there. No, when I see these inspection reports on a lot of these multifamily, especially at the, at the lower price points. Oh yeah. Whoa, boy. I mean, and then, and then I go and look on the building department website and I find out, you know, there's <laughs> a, 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 In building there, court, that. Yep. a building court injunction. I mean, you know, you name it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. It, it can is, all uh, be worked out, folks. Don't worry about it. It can all be worked <laughs> out no matter what. And you know what? It's funny, but it's really the truth. And you know this, Patrick. I mean, it really can be worked out, but you got to just be working with the right team and the right group of people like us, for instance, um, that can help you kind of maneuver through the minutia of a real estate transaction, which, uh, Hey, you know, so I want to segue and Dylan's going to love this. I want to segue into this class action lawsuit for this one reason, because I've really been thinking, Dylan, I know you're bored talking about this. Larry, my, my position on it is, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. I know it's got relevance in the market, so I want to spend some time on it. But I feel like when I talk to consumers about it, their eyes glaze over. And they're, yeah, and you know, so here, I think that's a good point. I really <laughs> Maybe do. Maybe some. But, 
<laughs> Here's the thing, though. So I was thinking about this, and really, it is such an ill-conceived class action lawsuit because it, the only person, the only entity, if you will, that it's going to help are the plaintiff's class action attorneys. Now, I'm not saying this against attorneys. I love attorneys. I couldn't do what I do without attorneys. I need someone to blame if something goes wrong. Right. No, I'm I'm serious. So it takes a village to do, to do a real estate transaction. You need a great attorney. You need a great agent. You need a great mortgage broker, home inspector. Uh, you know, so it it takes a lot of people to get over the finish line. But um, really, this who is this going to hurt the most and who it's going to hurt the most, in my estimation, is first time home buyers. FHA buyers, VA buyers, and people that, you know, are scrounging together. Like Patrick said, most of his clients come in at three and a half, five, maybe 10%, but many come in at three and a half or 5% down. Well, now they're going to have to scrape together that three and a half, 5% down, but they're also going to have to pay their buyer's agent if they choose to be represented. And if they don't choose to be represented, then you're going directly to the listing agent who is not representing you. It's not, they're, they're representing the seller. You're, you're going to get taken advantage of. Um, yeah. There's yeah. just no two ways about it. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Although I think that there's an element of this on the cash end and, and Larry, you heard me say this I, I before, so I'll be brief about it. I think eventually at the, there's going to be a gap where this is a problem. And right now we've got this situation as it is now, we're going to change the paperwork and it might take a year or two or five of really a disconnected market, which is, I really think what we're speaking to, right. Is, is this disconnected situation where, it's not going to affect, and then we'll have the the reality of whatever the new market is, and we're going to effectively just change the way the paperwork reads and yeah. carry on as we do now. Yeah, well, I, I, right. I, I have a, I have a lot of opinions on this, as as you might imagine. Um, I, I've done, gosh, I don't know, thirty TikToks on this particular topic on my Loftus Law TikTok, and. I've never had such an active comment section on any of my TikToks because, by and large, nobody cares what a real estate lawyer has to say on TikTok until I start talking about real estate brokers. And, you know, I think most consumers, when they get into a position where they want to buy a house um, and, and sell a house, I, I, I'm going to treat both of those equally. I think that ultimately they appreciate the value that their real estate broker brings to the table. Most people. And then you've got certain people and, you know, either they, they got taken advantage of at some point or they just have some sort of preconceived notion about, you know, whatever it is, but they just absolutely despise real estate brokers and, and everything they're about. And, you know, those people are, are ill-informed, in my opinion, um, you know, or, or they have something to sell you like a, a FISBO seminar or something like they're, that. Exactly. Um, or they're a wholesaler. Well, sure. So, you know, th there are people that have a vested interest in uh, in, real, in real estate brokers having a, a poor reputation. And, yeah. and by the way, NAR has absolutely failed all of you in terms of letting this sort of uh, this, this perceived per, this perception of real of realtors out there. You know, they, they're so damn focused. Uh, I think I can say that. Um, on maintaining uh, the the integrity of, of the six percent commission and you know lobbying Congress and all that, they, they they don't you know there's there's no thought of any you know effective PR campaign to say hey this is what this is this is legitimately the value that the people in our industry bring to real estate transactions. This is why you need us. Yeah. There's nothing out there like that. So everyone's just left to form their own opinion and people who have you know, in many respects, a vested interest in trashing that reputation, they have no problem getting out there and, you know, spewing all of the, um, you know, I'm not going to call them lies because these people legitimately believe this stuff. But, um, you know, these, these, uh, you know, half truths, these, uh, you know, just this, this, you know, garbage that they're spewing. 
Patrick, you're an attorney. So, you know, just because somebody legitimately believes something doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hold up in a court of law. So I mean, true. I'm, I'm joking around, but the reality of it is there's a lot of people out there that legitimately believe a lot of things that just flat out, flat out are not true. Right. That's true. You just so, can't call I mean, them liars. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't the, think it's you know, going to change. I, I don't think this is going to change much at all. And I'll tell you why, because I think the only way something like this changes is organically is if people stop using real estate agents because they can just do it on their own, whether it's selling or buying. And for decades and decades, people have chosen to use real estate brokers to buy and sell homes. Now, why is that? Because there's a lot involved in buying or selling a home. And there's something to say about shifting accountability to a professional, uh, just like I do when I sell a home, one of my homes or buy a house or anything else, I'll, I'll call Patrick and I'll let him handle the legal stuff because I don't want to be on the hook for that. And I know a lot about real estate. I've been doing this 23 years, but I'm still going to have a real estate attorney uh, help me with that purchase. So I think, I don't think you can change something like this, even though the, the jury, they made a pretty quick decision, like two and a half hours. Um, I don't think you can change anything like this unless it happens organically and people just decide we're going to stop using real estate agents. Well, and yeah. it's not for a lack of trying, right? I mean, Zillow's been trying for 20 years to figure out how to wedge themselves between real estate brokers and the consumers. And the, the best they've been able to come up with is that we're going to basically make it a, a way station on the real estate journey for a client and get a piece of the cut selling those consumers as leads. Like that's yeah. the best they've got. They've yeah, tried. lead gen. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> So, I, I mean, it, 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 look, if they could turn around and instead of making a couple of hundred dollars in lead gen, could make a few thousand dollars in real estate brokerage commissions, they would do that as a business model. They can't. It, it, yeah. and, and, and they have really deep pockets. Like one of the things is we, we talk about this all the time. It's very cliche to say, hey, follow the money, follow the money. The fact of the matter is they have a pile of money at Zillow. And they haven't been able to figure out how to deploy it to disrupt this space. Well, they and, lost a pile of money too when they decided to try and flip homes. <laughs> but they were they trying lost to about a billion dollars space, in nine right? months. No, that's different. They were trying to disrupt the you know the the flipping space, right? Like that's a little different. But as in, in this very narrow area, they they've targeted this almost from the get go, and yeah. and have been unable to figure it and out. Here we and, are. And they're not the only one. Like, look, yeah. people, you know, whether it's you remember 10 years ago, the list to sell and help you sell, like we'll stick your house in the MLS for 500 bucks and you figure the rest out because you can't figure the rest out. So all these yeah. business models that have yeah. come in to try to figure out how to get a piece of that pie for themselves can't, you know, they do it. The whole thing about this lawsuit that kills me is the whole premise of it is that the NAR and large brokerages and other and and real estate agents have conspired to keep real estate commissions artificially high and i'm trying to figure out where this they came up with that because nobody has ever told me what to list a home for i've never put a gun to any seller's head and said you've got to list this home for six percent i've you know so who's conspiring to do this patrick well, so it's <laughs> whenever you are trying to convince someone of something, you first you start at the conclusion and then you build your factual case to reach that conclusion, right? Right. And this, you know, when I say it, it sounds gross, but but that's the job. And we and all of us we do it all the time. Um, so you know, how how did they go and, and build this case? Well, take for example, um I, I let's just throw them under the bus, BHHS. They're standard listing agreement didn't have uh, a blank space to fill in the percentage of the commission. It was 6% uh, pre-printed. The, the perception of that, it's not good. 
Okay, so that's I agree. That's just one piece of the, of the puzzle. Here's another one, Keller Williams. Uh, well, I'm throwing everyone under the bus. I'm I'm, I'm trashing reputation this yeah, morning. Good luck getting uh, another deal. Go ahead. Well, look this this is all part of the this is all <laughs> no, part absolutely. of the you know it's it's out there in public, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, and and yeah, I, I'm not trying to build anyone's case. This case already been decided. Right. Keller Williams in their training materials, they'd be like, you know, it's it's got to be six percent. Don't don't undervalue yourself and. Uh, what I think the intention was is to empower real estate brokers not to uh, just go and 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 engage in a race to the bottom. Because if you're out there at listing appointment after listing appointment and you're saying, "Listen, I charge six percent," and and you're just no one's ever hiring you, I think that you know what the easiest thing to do would be to say, "Well, I'll, I'll see if I have more success at five percent or four percent, whatever." So these training materials were very adamant that you know you really need to be maintaining this high you know standard so to speak and of course everyone all real estate brokers by and large are independent contractors but you know these kinds of things uh are influential as far as you know you in, you embed that in someone's mind that six percent is my value you know job uh you know no no more questions thank you very much Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were able to convince a jury using, you know, facts like that and others. And I don't I don't know what kind of like cartoon villain lawyers the uh, our lawyers were. But, you know, they must have shown up with those like big, like, you know, curly Q mustaches you see in like the old Westerns or whatever, the, the old, uh, you know, silent films and, and just completely, you know, Flew it. Alienated this jury. I mean, there's so many yeah. arguments they could have made that I, you know, I feel like they just, oh you know, my God. without studying the transcripts, you know, I, I hesitate to, to be more critical than I already am. But to me, yeah, you know, Larry, to your point, you know, they came back in, in two hours. This is a far more complicated and complex uh, question. Exactly. And, it, and if it was answered in two hours, someone dropped the ball. And someone I messed up. I agree. I agree. Um, They're the NAR attorneys. I, I'd love to sit down and talk with them and try and figure out what their plan was. Hey, listen, I know I, I Dylan. They wanna, I don't think they want to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to talk to anyone about this. They don't want to talk to me. Dylan, I know you got to take off paid. shortly. So yep. let everybody know, how do they get in touch with the mortgage problem solver, the guru of mortgage, of all mortgage? How do they, how do they get, uh, you can, you can reach me by text or phone at 630-708-7088 anytime. All right. Uh, with that, I'm going to let you go. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. You got it. Thanks guys. And, uh, we'll Happy talk Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, gobble, we'll, gobble. Talk, we'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it. Thanks guys. Okay. So Patrick, um, yeah, I agree with you on everything you said when it comes to uh, uh, this lawsuit, because uh, the thing that's baffling to me is how did they come up with this, this uh, decision in two hours? There is so much to talk about here, but two hours and they're like, yeah, we want to pay less than 6%. So like you said, the plaintiff's attorney starts at that six and 7% makes their case. And everybody's like, yeah, we agree with you. Hello. Yeah. You know, the, the more I kind of study this and, and the more discourse I engage in it and the more I learn about NAR, you know, to, to me, the, some real fundamental questions need to be asked and answered about this organization because number one as i already talked about they've been doing y'all wrong for a long time now um you know there's there's really uh, outside of lawyers i mean to be honest real estate brokers one, one of the few you know as a lawyer i'm glad you know i'm glad i'm not you know in the firing line like they are i mean you know lawyers there's a whole genre of jokes about uh, my profession you know, and, and I still feel like, well, you know, they get a lot more hate than we do. I mean, the, I, you know, one of the most ironic, uh, statements that I've, I've heard people make is that, well, you know, the good news is that we, we instead of hiring real estate brokers who offer no value whatsoever, yeah. uh, we're going to just hire a real estate lawyer and they'll protect us. And I'm just like, okay, so who's going to go out there and, and show you these properties? Right. I'm not, right. Who's going to go meet the appraiser at the appraisal? 
Nuh-uh. Who's negotiating the deal? You're not. Right, right. I mean, you know, I, sure, I, I can drop the contract, can- but I, I don't know enough about the market and I'm not going to educate myself because if I were to do all the, thing, the things necessary to do what I think people think that they're going to hire me to do, I'm going to, if I'm going to charge them, you know, what my, the value of my time, it's going to be much more expensive than what y'all are charging them. So it's like, absolutely. We're not, exactly. we're not, if you're looking at lawyers to be the cheaper alternative, you're looking in the wrong direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nowhere in the history of, of ever yeah. have lawyers been the cheaper alternative. Okay. Yeah. It's just not. No, you're a hundred percent right. And guys, we're going a little bit longer today. But um, I mean, Patrick makes a a great point. Okay, so let's take real estate agents out of the equation. Listen, you're paying somebody to do all this stuff for you. I will guarantee you there's no realtor out there there that is a listing agent that's going to represent the buyer for free. A, they're going to get as much money as they can for the seller. So whether you think they're going to be nice to you and do the best job they can, they're representing the seller. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think Nara is nervous right now because people are starting to look at them and go, hey, what are you doing for me besides uh, I'm funding you every year and how are you protecting me and my profession? They're uh, not. All they're doing, it seems, is gatekeeping the MLSs, which is not a function that, that, that is needed, to be honest. Yeah. You know, one of the funnier comments I got in, in my TikTok comment section, someone said something along the lines of, what, you don't think I can pull comps and, you know, competently price out what a home is supposed to be? And I was like, yes, that is what I'm telling you. He's like, well, I used to be a realtor. So of course I can do that. I'm like, I rest my case. I mean, no more questions, your honor. Come on. Yeah, exactly. You used to be a realtor. Stop arguing against yourself. You know, come on. That's, you know, it's, it's these kinds of things though, where it's like, you've, you've got a, a, maybe, maybe it's just a, a very vocal, vocal minority and probably it is, but they're very vocal. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, you know, I've never got so much activity. Um, you know, I, I got, I got one video with like 15 likes and like 75 comments, which is usually a bad ratio. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie, but you know, th- I, if NAR's not going to be out there, uh, you know, trying to stick up for realtors, then gosh, darn it. You What's know, their point? I'm going to go jump on the wall and, 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 you know, take some shrapnel for y'all. Exactly. You know, I, I owe a lot to real estate brokers and, you know, we, we all do, you, you guys make that market, you know, run as smoothly as it does. Without that, I mean, please, please, you know, think about, I was, I mean, before Dylan jumped off, I was, I was going to say, you know, what, what if we, what if we said all the same things about mortgage brokers that we say about real estate brokers, I could go on Zillow and I can find, you know, a, a mortgage rate and I can submit my documents. If there was a, a form that said submit these documents and there was automated underwriting and blah, blah, blah. No one's arguing we should get rid of mortgage brokers and, you know, and, and substitute AI or something. You yeah. know, why, why is that? Why, why, why? Now that Dylan's off, I can say the real reason. The real reason is because uh, lenders are the only uh, profession on the master statement whose compensation is not there. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, good point. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not commenting on that one way or the other. Yeah, I, no, nor should you. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to take any kind of stance. And I know you're not. I know you're not. You're just making a point. And the thing that it, it just blows my mind that NAR blew this so bad for them to come back in two hours with this decision and give it that little thought. I mean, I have to question the NAR attorneys and, and, you know, what was the your organization? Argument? The overall organization is rotten. Yeah. You, you know, you saw the, the fact that, you know, not only did the president stepped down because of a sexual harassment scandal, the CEO uh, retired early because he's like, well, you know, I just see where this is going. I mean, that's not what he said, but that, you know, come on, that, yeah. it's not a coincidence. And, you know, organizations that, that show rot, are rotten from the top. You look top at the Chicago down. Bears. Absolutely. Hey, listen, before we wrap it up, so uh, how do people get in touch with Patrick Loftus? Give us all the details. Yeah, great question. Um, so if you want to read all of these uh, 
absolutely scintillating uh, TikTok fights um, in, in my comment section. Go find me at Loftus Law. You can see right. there on the screen how to spell Loftus. Not everyone uh, can can do it by ear. Um, if you want to, if you want to see me in a in a calmer sort of venue, uh, go find me on Instagram uh, yeah. at Loftus underscore Law. Yeah, and don't forget. Not only is Patrick a real estate attorney, but he will save you thousands of dollars on your next flight to some paradise that we all wish we were in right now. Um, although it's a beautiful fall day, we have to admit that here in Chicago. That's um, true. But uh, yeah, so one more time on that TikTok uh, travel site. What was that? Oh, at, at let me help you fly. And Larry, let, let me just let me just see if I can make a, an analogy. All right. So. We don't we don't really have travel agents anymore, right? Used to be, yeah. you know, you want to go on vacation, you call a travel agent, they sort it all out, and you know they they've got the connections, they find you the you know the best place with the you know in, within your budget, blah blah blah. Boy, mm -hmm. that sounds familiar. Now that we don't really have travel agents, man, do people feel like they are you know just never able to get a good deal on travel? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, what there you go. Like there you go, and that's going to happen. In the, I, well, I honestly don't think anything's going to happen here. First of all, we're going to go through two years of appeals before anything happens, I think. Um, possibly. Possibly. And uh, we're going to go through. I, go ahead. I have some thoughts on that, but I, I don't think we have enough time. But, you know, I'm sure there will be another opportunity for us to, to, to yeah. chew this one up. It's it's not a short conversation. Yeah. So, uh, at some, I mean, we'll have some appeal period, whatever that'll be. They're going to appeal it. I don't know. You know, they did so horrible the first time around. I'm not sure what the appeal is going to hold, but who knows? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hold. I wouldn't I wouldn't be optimistic. I, I'd be making plans for, you know, how to navigate the next, um, you know, couple of years as, as things shake out. I think you're going to have some people who think they're disruptors. Um, I think you're going to have some people who, you know, once once they see what it's like with, you know, going it alone without a real estate broker, they're going to come around a little bit, you know, whether they like it or not. Um, I think overall, long-term commissions are probably going to get squeezed and you're going to see that's been going more, on years. Yeah, that's true. But I, th I think there's going to be a, a, a more, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to come down overall, you know, you're not going to see five and a half percent, you know, five, 10 years down the line. That's not going to be the average. It's going to be something less, but along with that, you're going to get, uh, automation of, tasks that realtors are are handling themselves so you're going to get a, a, a not a worse product and mm -hmm. you're also going to get certain tasks that realtors handle themselves it's going to put be put onto assistance and and non-licensed employees again it's going to lead to a worse product because a degradation of service if you yeah. will yeah I, yeah I i think you know that those two things are going to be coupled together and you know We'll see. We'll see what else. I don't know. I, I personally do not think people are going to stop using real estate agents. If they were, they would have done it a long time ago. And I don't think a, a, a plaintiff's class action lawsuit is going to completely change the industry. Having said that, that like you said, there's like a zillion. We could spend four hours on this subject and we'll spend more time on it in the future. Uh, one other quick thing I want to mention uh, on Patrick's behalf is Patrick hosts uh, a podcast and radio show called the home buyers hour with charlie belafontaine he sounds like a jazz uh jazz <laughs> percussionist or something uh charlie is a uh uh home inspector, home inspector. and uh so check them out on wednesday six o'clock in and, the morning get up and we, let, lest we forget uh joy matthews the va loan there and find us yes at, at thehomebuyershour.com we live stream Wednesday at about 10:15 every week. So if you want yeah. more talk just like this, but without the uh, the spice and flavor that Larry brings to the mix, uh, you know, come check us out. That well, I start drinking at about 8:30 on Saturday, so that's why I'm like this. It's just, you know, I'm sorry, Larry. Um, I'm we kidding. May have I have to have a meeting. Uh, I don't drink at all. <laughs> I literally do not drink at all. All right. Listen, Patrick, always a pleasure having you, man. And have a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Great talking to you. Gobble, gobble. Okay, bud. See you. All right, bye.
All right, everybody. So we're going to put a wrap on this. And I just want, I know you guys have all seen the book sitting here, but if you want to answer, get all of your questions answered when it comes to real estate, I will, now look, you could go to Amazon, you can go to uh, Barnes and Noble, you can buy the book, the top tens of real estate, 32 top 10 real estate lists proven to maximize your profit when you buy, sell, or invest. And, but I'm going to give it to you for free. All you have to do is text the word book to 630-921-0611, 630-921-0611. I will send you a link for the free ebook. I guarantee you this book will save you a ton of money, whether you're buying, selling, or investing. Um, and uh, check out our sponsor, TrustedAgentUSA.com, where also, whether you're buying, selling, or investing, you will save a ton of money on uh, your commissions. Our, our sellers list from anywhere from 1.5% to 2%. And our buyers, every one of our buyers gets a half a percent rebate back on the home that they're purchasing in order to put that towards their closing costs and prepaid. So for instance, on a $400,000 home, you're going to get a $2,000 rebate back to put towards your closing costs. So having said all that and all that shameless promotion, I simply want to say you guys have an awesome, awesome weekend. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thanks for joining us at the uh, Real Estate Radio Show podcast and we will see you all again soon. Talk to you guys later.